Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, all you otaku around the net. This is the Anime Bonsai Podcast, episode number two. As you can probably hear, you can hear my sexy, wonderful voice. I am here, as always, with Pats. Hello, everybody. It's a wonderful whatever day it is when you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you just... Yes, we've made it this far. We've read your suggestions. We've read your comments. You will see some improvements. And we are always welcome to hearing your suggestions, and we will always take them into consideration. So, as I want to remind, oh, go ahead. Before we move on, I just want to remind everybody: please email your suggestions to us at abandsipodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, let's see, have you learned the website address yet? Uh, the website address: abandsipodcast.animeblogger.net. Yeah, got it right on my first try that time. You know, everyone should comment and just say thank you that he knew that. You'd love it. Yes, I got a little crap for that one myself already, so I'm going to get it right from now on. <laughs> so this right. week, this week we thought we'd cover the latest news in the anime world. Of course, as always, I will be looking at uh, Gunslinger Girl episode three, season two. Uh, Patch will be looking at Gundam. I mean, looking at the, it'll be episode 19 of Gundam. We record episode 20's aired by now, but I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet, so I'm going to be commenting on 19. All right. And I'm probably on episode six or seven of Gunslinger Girl. I, who the hell cares? If you want to watch it yourself, go ahead. You don't need me to say how great it is. Uh, and then we'll be also introducing a new feature. A uh, new feature called The Long Lost Anime, where we take a look at and review anime from anywhere from probably 2002 all the way back. This week we'll be looking at DNA Squared, a, com- a love comedy with some Playboy-esque tendencies. More to come on that. Mm-hmm. Can't complain there. Alright. So let's well, hit it. Let's get into the news. Get started, all right? You want to lead the way, my friend? Sure, sure. Okay, well, shockingly as it may be, with all the talk of illegal anime downloading, illegal anime fan subbing, what do you know? Two Japanese accused of uploading over thousands of anime episodes in around two to three years' time. The two men are Shoji Sakta, the hell with the Japanese names. Some 30-year-old nine guy, 39-year-old guy, and some other 35-year-old guy who was unemployed. Um, they basically uploaded between five, about 5,700 episodes from about 230 titles from the fall of 2003 to this past January. The authorities further allege that they uploaded around 3,500 episodes from about 170 titles in the same time frame. For example. The two are accused of uploading the second season of the Kimikiss Piro, or excuse me, the second episode of the Kimikiss Piro Rouge anime series on October 14th of last year. Now, what surprised me? You got arrested for a really shitty anime. That anime <laughs> sucked donkey balls. What are you gonna, you gonna show up to a police station? What'd you do, brother? 
I uploaded Kimmy Kiss. Oh shit, you're mm-hmm. a badass motherfucker. I'm not fucking with you. I'll be your bitch. <laughs> but now on the flip side, now us as Americans, Pat, yes. we thank them and say thank you to these two men for providing the raw rips, which now yeah. in turn feed the fan subbing. Yeah, I guarantee you they were probably providing quite a few of the um, raw versions that many of the fan sub groups around the internet use. Very good chance there, so... Now, here, here's, a, here's a flip side to the article. There is really... There's a gray line in terms of uploading content. Yes. Um, and there's a gray line of downloading content. They say you cannot upload it for commercial purposes to gain money, but you can download it to watch it for personal use and upload it for personal use. But now there's a there's a law on the books they're trying to pass that will make it illegal to do either. And I guess they've made enemies. Uh, they're just making enemies, I guess, with the Japanese people. And uh, I think that's I, I personally, I think that's pretty cool that at least right now their government is saying. It's personal use. You're not going to go out. We're not going to find you on the corner. You know, give me kiss, Pierre Rouge, season two, you know, episode two, $50 or 50,000 yen. You know, they say personal use, you're good to go. But we'll see how long that, that lasts. Yeah, it seems to be that they're starting to go after these guys a bit lately there. Because it's, um, a lot of those companies in Japan have a lot of flack. And I think that's where it comes down to is... It's a pretty important industry there, and they want to. They don't want to damage it. Yeah, you know, I don't just. I, what surprises me though is they've waited these many years to discuss the topic. Where now the digital distribution ages here. You've got stuff like BitTorrent. You've got stuff uh, YouTube, Flash. I would I would say made a huge change in terms of file distribution. But I just find it weird that they wait. You know. 2008, or late 2007 yeah, well, to do anything. Yeah, I guess that's true, and at the same time, it's like if you look at the way things are going in the U.S. now, they're finally starting, for the most part, at least with music at least so far, is the companies are finally starting to figure out how to actually deal with some of this stuff, and, and praying to God that they're finally from what I've heard is that even the music labels are starting to move away from the RIAA, yep. which is just a psychotic group of fuckers. <laughs> indeed. indeed. So, you know, I, I was just really, you know, we'll see what happens with these guys. I wonder, I hope there's an update. Um, you know, I'd be yeah, interested hopefully. to see. It kind of sounds like these guys will probably have to pay a fine, but really yeah, don't have any jail time because it really isn't much of a law on the books for this type of crime, which I'm surprised by. And, you know, the funny thing is, though, the, they ask, you know, why did you do all this? They said they want to be appreciated. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah. if you don't have yeah. friends and you don't, you know, your life, I mean, one of these guys were unemployed. He had nothing to strive for, you know. He didn't have a reason to wake up in the morning. I guess, you know, putting out raw rips for people to download just just, you know, fed his ego and got what he needed for satisfaction, I guess. People do weird things, I guess. Yes, it's it's a bizarre state, I mean, but it, it, that's certainly something I'd like to be interested in, is exactly what kind of um, punishment they receive for what 
they did. I mean, that's that's the real question there. Because I mean, in the U.S., you hear all the time about them going after these kind of people, but most of the time, it always ends up dropped, or they hardly get any. They get some kind of lame fine. Mm-hmm. So it's certainly uh, something that I'm interested in finding out about. Yeah, definitely. And if, any, and if anybody hears, let us know. Yeah, please, please. do. I mean, it'd just be kind of interesting to see what kind of happens. And I'll just say this, no offense to any um, Japanese people listening, I just don't want to horribly screw up the name. So in the spirit of that, let's uh, move on to our next uh, story. Uh, the next story is that Warner Brothers has greenlit a live-action adaptation of um, Katsuya Otomo's um, manga and anime, Akira. A cult classic among many, and many mm-hmm. many feel that Akira brought anime to the mainstream. And Akira Akira is always seen as the first anime many older people, you know, probably in their early 30s, mid-30s now, say... That was the first anime, you know, the first show that got me into anime. Yeah, that, I mean, and definitely. Oh, I think the fascinating thing about this whole thing, well, first off is that, um, it's being produced by, of all people, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, when I first read that, I was like, the Titanic guy? (laughs) Yeah, well, if you've seen any of his more recent work, he's actually an incredible actor, and... Just just look at The Departed if you need any example. But, um... Well, there's even an interesting trailer I saw today called, uh... Funny Games, where he plays a serial killer, but he looks very... Uh, not your typical stereo, or serial killer, mm-hmm. and... You know, kind of plays this demented character, but hides it really well. And, you know, he seems like yeah, he's, he's a really good role. He's a great actor, and he's essentially, um... Taken um, Robert De Niro's place with Martin Scorsese. Oh wow! It's basically his um, go-to guy. I mean, you look at all of Scorsese's more recent movies; they're all starring DiCaprio <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> well, that... The next couple he has coming out are starring him too. And well, what it comes down to with this is their plan is to do two movies, each covering three volumes of the manga. The volume is. Or the manga is six volumes long. They're long, but at the same time, it shows that they actually have some kind of real plan, and that maybe they're actually going to stick with the base story. Granted, there's going to be some logical changes, like suppose it's taking place in what they call Neo New, New York. Man- oh, yeah, that's what New I was Manhattan. Yeah, instead of New <laughs> Tokyo. Yeah, exactly. I think they're just trying to make it more American. Yeah. Yeah, connect I mean, with an American audience. Yeah, I mean, I guess if if you know, I guess if people really want to bitch and complain, they could and say, "Hey, it's not sticking to hundred percent to the story." Well, if I think if you care that much, go find yourself a live action Japanese version. And, yeah, you know, it, like you can't I, have you can't um have everything. You gotta accept that there's some things you gotta. Exactly. exactly, and you know it's really surprising too because I mean we've got the Speed Racer movie coming out. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I heard um, I heard they were making a Witchblade movie. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, Witchblade started in the U.S. Granted, but that true. But I mean, but, um, also then you have Tobey Maguire who's supposed to be working on some kind of Robotech thing. 
which is going to be interesting to see what happens with that, mainly just because of whether or not they'll be able to... It'll have, like, Valkyries in it, or if it's going to be, like, the Southern Cross stuff, because of licensing agreements, because you look, even if you look at the new Shadow Chronicles movie, it doesn't have any of the Valkyries in it, really. Oh, okay. It doesn't really mention the, um, the Macross saga. But, um... They are saying now, according to Ain't It Cool, they, they reported that DiCaprio will be starring in it as Kaneda. Oh. If that sticks as his name. And then another actor named Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who, he's not that big yet, but he's he was in a movie called The Lookout a couple years ago, or last year. And he's in a movie um, coming out soon called Stop Loss. Mm-hmm. And he's a really good actor. He was also he, he Gout, which was another one he was in last year, and he was really good in that. He's not a he's a fairly unknown actor. Well, not unknown, but not um, big in the front of everyone, big famous guy yet. But he's definitely moving up there. He's a really good actor. And honestly, they've got at least two half-decent players and and the plan is to go summer 09 with the first movie so it seems like and then you mentioned the fact that Warner had the rights to the movie at a point lost them and then they had to reacquire them in a apparently they had to bid for them and it ended up costing them over seven in the seven figure range which I think means that maybe they're a little serious about it Mm-hmm. Which would be nice to see, because it's definitely great source material. Yeah, you know, you just find really it funny, good. though, that they sat on the license for so long, and they had to pay yeah, all this money to get back. I mean, I'd fire the person who did that. I mean, dang. Shit, <laughs> yeah, really. Really damn, if I lost my company $7 million, I'd be canned in a heartbeat, going, what the heck? How much they actually paid. Yeah. That's in the, in the seven-figure range. That's... Could be $1 million, could be nine. Yeah, exactly. It could be quite a bit. Yeah. You know, I, I just hope, you know, it seems that the movie theaters are, or excuse me, the movie studios are running out of ideas, and now they're going, anime is the hot thing now. Everyone likes anime now. Well, I hope they don't. I hope they just don't bring out a ton of different movies, and then just ruin the genre. Not really ruin the genre, but I, I think it's always nice to see adaptations. But there's only so long before someone really screws it up, and people go, "What the hell?" Well, you got to remember, there's one thing that Hollywood loves to do, and that's beat beat ideas into the ground. I mean, there were a couple of years ago. You saw adaptations of video games. Yeah, no. every couple of months there was a new movie based on a game, and that died out pretty quick because they just all ended up sucking. Quite frankly. Oh yeah. They, hey, you get look at Super Mario Brothers the movie, and uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you think they should have known right then, but then <laughs> and then you look at um the comic books, but at the same time. A lot of those have been really good. So. Yeah, Punisher, Spider Man for sure. X Men, one and two, not three. Three is three is good. It's full shit. <laughs> I like so, a lot in my movies. I guess as an anime fan, I'm I'm happy to see that these movies are coming out in America. They're not. I hope that people's stereotypical view of anime will change by possibly watching these. You know, when I mention to people that I watch anime, 
they automatically assume hentai or, you know, Pokemon, yeah. And I say, no, 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 there's other stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's that kind of thing. But, you know. Like, like I have a friend who is the kind of, he watches some anime I got, I finally get him to watch some stuff. He won't watch stuff at school because he's afraid what people might think. It's kind of like. He's a closet, he's a, he's a closet anime. Yes, exactly. It's like, you know that people know that you collect Transformers figures. Why are you afraid of anime? <laughs> so, it's just that kind of, I don't like seeing that. And at the same time, who knows, maybe it'll help. Some of these bigger things might help um, the market grow and rebuild itself after kind of a... Oh yeah, last week we, yeah, last week we spoke about the DVD figures. Maybe this yeah. people are interested going, hey, I really like this movie. Maybe I'll check out some anime. And there's a lot exactly. of anime out there that we as anime fans can definitely say, you know, watch this as a good starter. I mean, I, I got interested in anime because of Cowboy Bebop. And I was watching that on Adult Swim. I mean, you know, stuff, just something simple as that piqued my curiosity and I just dug a little deeper thanks to the internet and found a lot of shows and then I started you know I like these shows oh hey DVDs I now own about 45 DVDs and about 10 box sets so you know I see this as a possibly good thing just, just let's just pray that they don't overdo it and ruin the genre exactly yeah Okay. And so. uh, who knows they might have those things they might not indeed no. uh Kanakawa uh, can't the Japanese Haruhi Suzumi Dojin game. Basically, they they ruined our fun. They ruined our fan <laughs> fun. You know, the thing is, there's no what was it? Uh, flattery is the best form of appreciation. Yeah, mimicry is the best form of flattery. Yeah, there you go. Basically, uh, a fan created a PC game kind of like Dynasty Warriors. But instead of having the Warriors, they had Haruhi and the Lucky Star friends. And they went around fighting monsters. Oh, yes. What's wrong with that? I mean, I. Apparently, a lot when you're kind of but. <laughs> who knows? I mean, I'll tell you, the second I found out that it was canceled, I was a little sad. Granted, the odds of me ever playing it were one in a million, but... Oh, exactly. I, mean, I would have been interested just to check it out to see what all the fuss was about, but... I, I just think it's crap that, you know, these studios, I understand they want to protect their, their, their IP rights and their copyrights, but... I mean, unless we find a find out later on that oh they were selling it for fifty bucks a pop on the corner or for download, then I'll change my tune. But I think that they're just you know making something that the fans obviously ha- had a good time making and probably wanted to share with the world. They yeah, kind of here's, the spirit. Here's my thought on this, and this is something that I was thinking about because I noticed online some people were talking about some other stuff. When people make these kind of things, I don't get why they don't think to themselves, instead of talking about it forever until before it's finished, wait until you're done, or close to done, to talk about it online and say, hey, I got this, look how cool it is, and all that kind of stuff, so you can start distribution so people will have it, instead of devoting all your time and energy to a project for a couple months, and then some company comes along and says, oh, 
no, you're not doing that anymore, and you just wasted your time yeah. instead of having people enjoy it. It's, it's something that crosses my mind once in a while. Man. Why don't they just um, hush up for a little while before they, you know, flaunt this thing? Yeah. Well, I guess we got to say we're lucky. I mean, we use a lot of images and whatnot. So, you know, I guess... I'm I'm hoping that it stays at this level, you know. Fan created things. I think I it's going a little. I think it's going a little far. I think it's going a little far though. I mean, the game was probably a simple game. I mean, they probably weren't selling it, but there's a lot of the story we don't know. I think, but yeah, I think that yeah, that's that's the other question. If they were charging money for it, then I could understand why they why they went after it. Because quite frankly, you can't be charging money for something when you don't have the rights to it, that kind of thing. Exactly. But hey, you know, let's just hope that, uh, you know, people still creating their, create fan art, create fan fiction, all that good stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that they're not going to be stopping that stuff. I think it really comes down to protecting it, because, I mean, they can't, I mean, there's a whole world devoted to that stuff in Japan. They're not going to be stopping all that. They're just going to be holding, they just don't want certain things and at the same time they're making games based on our early I don't know if they're any good but they don't want other yeah, stuff they, they did. against their stuff you know? personally I'm waiting for the DDR version of uh, Haruhi and Lucky Star if it even if it's just a single download off of Xbox Live Hey, give it here. <laughs> You'd make a lot of people happy. Yeah, you gotta look and see if Step Mania's got those. Oh, there you go, Step Mania, must, yeah. Someone must have set those up by now. <laughs> now you got me thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, we got one more news piece for you tonight, and that is something a little interesting, and this is that they have done it once again. Shigo Fumi, episode 8, has been edited down before um, airing. This is something because of recent circumstances in the society at large. That's a quote. And it's kind of strange. It's the second time it happened. They did something like this um, for episode three. For episode three. And then one of the one of the networks that um, airs it preempted episode 6 of the show and stopped it from airing and it's one of the 8 broadcasting stations that airs it just stopped it before it aired so it's getting it's kind of one of those strange situations it's weird that the show has gotten so much flack but at the same time I've checked out personally I've only watched the first episode and it definitely is a little bit on the, um, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe the grim side? I'm sure some people just love it, but, and I, I will admit what I saw I enjoyed. I haven't gotten the opportunity to watch anymore yet, mm-hmm. but it's very, very interesting that this keeps, um, happening. And they're, 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 um, not saying why they're doing it. They're just saying there's circumstances. (laughs) They're not saying what's being edited, why it's being edited, what circumstances there are, just that they exist and that they're stopping from airing. 
Um, no, if I, I may, I may be wrong. I'm actually doing a Google search as we speak on this. Is Shigufami? Isn't that one of the episodes or one of the DVDs coming to the U.S.? Oh uh, yes, that's um, yeah, Bandai. That's one of the yeah, True Tears. Yes, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah thanks to one episode, one episode, one or two episodes a disc series. Which I don't, I don't know who the hell's gonna buy out here, quite frankly. But you know, I'm, I'm sure. You know, I gotta say, I'm interested in two tiers. Yeah, I'm looking on Anime News Network. Thank you guys. Yeah, it was announced on January 30th. That yeah, both yeah, True Tears and Shikufami, or sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, were coming to America two months after the initial release in Japan. So yeah, I think a lot of people cool. are looking forward to this. Yeah, it's that's something Bandai Visual they're doing those nice and quick, but they're still too expensive. Yeah, two. Uh, yeah, Shigofami. Shigofami. May, May, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut oh, you off. Uh, May 13th, May 13th, they come out forty dollars for two episodes each. One of them is only... I, th- I believe one of the shows, they're actually... One show, they're doing it... The first episode, you only get... The first volume of True Tears on May 27th for $30 is only one episode Correct. for $30. Yeah, and, and then, then the next Shiga episode... Fumi, you get two episodes on the, for the first disc. And then the last DVD has one episode. They're, they flipped it. Correct. So, yeah, Which, I mean... I think they're taking a big gamble on this. I don't mean to get off the topic, but um, I think I they're taking they're, a gamble. Uh, they've been doing the same stuff. I think what it really comes down to is it's probably they probably figured out how to make a profit with a very low number because they're right now they're not widely distributed. Mm-hmm. The only places you pick them up are like maybe the right maybe right stuff and then. The dot anime site, which is their website where you can buy it, essentially, and I'm sure they've just got it boiled down to. Well, let's uh, you know, as I cheap would, as possible. Yeah, exactly, and I would think that these edited episodes would be complete on the DVDs, both in Japan and America. Yeah, I'd imagine that too. That they would be the full versions. And I'll tell you, the biggest tragedy for me is I'd actually like to buy True Tears because so far it's. Probably, it's definitely in my top three or four that are airing right now. It's yeah, yeah I'm, I'm almost taking. I'm not paying that kind of money to watch to to get the DVDs. I yeah, I'm I'm playing trying to play tug of war because I haven't watched anything yet. I think I'll probably look at the first episode. I know that. 80, or on a season of Bandai Visuals will probably stream the first episode. I think I'll check out the first episode, make my decision then, but by the reading the synopsis, it sounds like something I could kind of get into, but I've looked at other keen slice of, life, slice of life movies like True Heart, and True Heart I just could not freaking stomach. I have to say, True Tears is much more, it, it feels like it's aiming almost for an adult Audience, excellent, know, yeah, excellent. A little bit more serious, and it's, it's still got some of that, you know, sh- typical male weed thing where he's a bitch and doesn't want to say anything, you know. But at the same time, it's a lot. It's a bit more realistic, I think. And at the same time, 
beautifully animated. Oh yeah, the screenshots look freaking amazing. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's at, at least on the same level as Clan Ad right now, at least. Okay. But just the just the background art, it, it just blows me away. You know, what I mean? I'm surprised that Clan Ad and uh, Sketchbook Sometime. and H2O Footprints in the Sand have not been picked up by anyone yet, especially Clanad, seeing as Clanad, uh, H2O, Footprints in the Sand, and Sketchbook. The Sketchbook, I don't... Sketchbook, I don't see getting picked up, realistically. Cause I mean, it always seems like those have the most internet buzz, but, you know, I don't know. Yeah, well, I, wonder what, I wonder what prompted Bandai to pick these two shows, you know, out... So uh, I'll oh. tell you what prompted Bandai. They own the rights to release the DVDs in Japan, and they're like, okay, we'll release some things. Oh, okay, that, may, that makes <laughs> it's sense. It's probably what it is. Damn, okay. I thought it would have been something but, interesting. Um, no, but like, something like, back to that topic with um, Sketchbook and those kind of shows, those, those boiled down, slice of life, nothing happens, period shows, Um, those never get picked up. They have massive internet buzz. I think the best example of that is Ariel. None of the Aria shows have been brought over here, even though they're some of the most awesome shows ever. <laughs> but they, it's strange that, that none of that stuff makes it over here. Uh, Clan adds something if ADV holds themselves, straightens everything out, I imagine ADV will be releasing Clan because they released Air and they're supposed to be releasing Canon. Yeah, Canon. Key shows by. Um, Kiyoani. Yep. So I imagine it, it'll pretty safe to assume that once they get their act together, they'll probably be releasing Clan N. Excellent. Yeah, I have yet to watch really any of that. I started watch, I haven't even watched Canon yet, and I know that's come out a few months ago. I just haven't had the chance to get my hands on a copy yet. But, uh, um. I know they finished releasing Air. Yes, I watched Air. The, the you first know, volume of Canon. The second volume was supposed to come out a week or two ago. Yeah, it got delayed. But it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, there's all their re- new stuff has been getting delayed lately. Yeah. And, you know, Shigufami or Air, Canon, all these kind of shows really seem like you gotta kind of have to be in the mood to watch them. You can't be in a happy, upbeat mood to watch them. Hmm. It's like you're gonna have to go get broken up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or be depressed, and then this show will like fit your mood perfect. Otherwise, I think you're gonna be like, this show isn't very fun to watch. Why am I watching this? Yeah, that's why I felt about air. I was like, okay. I feel like shit now. There's little <laughs> girls talking about committing suicide. This isn't very fun. I watch anime to make myself feel better and enjoy myself. This doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah that's true. And I will agree with you on that. That's why I like to balance that stuff. It's like, oh, okay, I'll go watch, um, say, Air, <laughs> just for an example. And then, I don't know, I feel sad. Let me go watch an episode of Hayate no Gotoku or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, uh, Six, I should say. Well, yes. well, before we move on, I think I got one little thing. This is just something that I want to throw out there for myself, basically. And that is that Katokawa and Bandai Entertainment, the Bandai that releases reasonably priced up, have solicited the first Lucky Star DVD release for 
May 6th with um, a regular edition and a limited edition. <laughs> Nothing else really to add to that, just that I'm happy to know that it's coming reasonably soon because I'm fired of weight. Yeah, I'm so all, all the Haruki fans rejoice. <laughs> I honestly couldn't watch it because the subs moved so fast that I just couldn't keep up and I just said, you know what? The first episode of that was great. I love that they parried, parodied uh, video games and a lot of the stuff that I kind of do. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But we spent about a half an hour on the news, so uh, let's move on to reviews, shall we? Hey, we're putting our... Well, we're going to do some beatboxing now. There you go. That's, what do you guys think of that? Oh, okay. You said you were going to look at Gundam today. Take it away. All right. Well, I am going to be talking about episode 19 of Gundam because... I have not seen episode 20 yet. It has aired at this point. You'll be getting... But I can't read Jap... I can't understand Japanese, and subs aren't out yet. So I'm going to be talking about 19 for today. And 19 picked up... And at the end of episode 18, we were brought in with Setsuna, our lead, engaging the Gundam Thrones in combat. Oh about to engage them, I should say, because he has decided now that because they have been attacking civilians, they're no better than just terrorists, and they're not really helping their cause, and he's decided that they need to stop them. So, it opens with this very cool scene of him just blasting at them, and it's kind of what should I say, bogged down by the fact that it's three-on-one at this point. But what what comes from there is, of all people, and this just blew me away personally, was that Tieria, pilot of the Virtue, decides to support Setsuna. He's the one guy who, if anyone who's following the show knows, kind of is a bit, has been a bit of a dick to everybody else throughout the whole series and kind of acts like he's better than them, but it's kind of, you get this feeling that he's really starting to get what everyone's like, and he shows up, and he's battling them too, and then Lock-On, the, the third of the four Meisters, ends up joining them as well, so it ends up being a three-on-three battle, clearly the, the Meisters who, if you watch the last couple episodes, you get this feeling that the Thrones are actually more powerful, but then at the same time, you start seeing them, doesn't, you, you get this feeling that they're not actually that skilled of pilots. So it ends up being a very, very close fight with Tiaria using, activating his Nautile Gundam, and using some bizarre system known as the Trial System that essentially disables, he can disable any um, other units that are linked to Veda, but for some whacked-out reason, he loses control of the system, and the thrones end up just running away, which was horribly disappointing because it was such a cool fight. And then from that point, we're move, we move on to everybody's favorite couple, Saji and Louise, who I, I'm still personally up in the air about what the hell's going on with these characters and where they're going, but 
essentially, after episode 18, Louise lost her hand. Her whole family is dead now. And... Well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> because of the thrones, by the way. And... She basically... Louise tells Saji... They're both from Japan. They're in Spain right now. She basically tells Saji that he has to go home and go back to school to follow his dream because his, her dream is for him to follow his. And, well, essentially breaks down to her what came off like is almost dumping him, in a sense. I'm not really sure how that is, but... And then it enters into one of those, you know, sappy love montages with some new insert song playing. <laughs> and it was kind of like, mm, okay, whatever. I still... Uh, ask me anything. My biggest interest in this show now is kind of with where the fuck is this character Saji going? Because he's been developed so much. He's not a pilot. He has no real connection to anything except that Setsuna, the pilot of the Exia, happens to be his next-door neighbor. And then his sister is a reporter who's investigating the Meisters. And from there, uh, you, we get some development with his sister, and we learn something very strange that the mysterious Laguna who is supporting the thrones happens to own her newspaper or whatever it is that she works for. But she's decided that as of now, she's going to keep investigating. My personal theory, and I think this ends up being true at 20, is that um, she's going to get hurt or offed or something because it's just the most logical explanation because everybody else that's known jack shit about these guys or come close to figuring out something about them has been offed. Now, I'm kind of running a little long now, sorry, because yeah, no I, I can get a little rambly on this. But at the end, right, we got two other things left. First is the thrones, when they ran away, they revealed that for some reason, um, the KPSA, the the Kurdish were responsible for the terrorist group were res that Setsuna was a member of were responsible for the deaths of Lockon's family. And that's the whole reason Lockon's even a pilot. I don't know what the fuck the Kurdish were doing why the Kurdish were doing terrorist attacks in Ireland, but I'm gonna just go with it. And it essentially builds into this confrontation, and it really just ends up being the two characters testing each other's resolve to really fight towards their mutual goal of um, eradicating warfare. And the biggest thing that I found interesting about this scene was at the end, Teria, who has been one of the weirdest characters, He's got some freaky glowy eyes to begin with. He says something like, so this is what a human is, or something like that. But he says it in this tone that comes off as, he isn't one. <laughs> so it's like, going, right. And then as it closes, we see these, what looks to be different people from each of the three governments, the Human Reform League, the, the European Union, and the Union, the AEU and the Union, all 
in Antarctica, dropping this giant, in a giant service elevator. And then they overlook what looks to be 30 GN drives. And this, the logical explanation is that these are the same type of GN drives in the Thrones, which is essentially fake GN drives, because they have a limited... They, they can't run forever like the, um, the actual GN drives in the, four gu- in the four main Gundams. Which is their whole... Which is why they're fake, obviously. And why they emit red particles versus the green ones that the, um, the Meisters Gundams emit. And, well, overall, I thought this was a great episode, and it's even more of those um, wild build-up towards what looks to be some big confrontation just in time for the show to go on a six-month hiatus, which is, well, to say the least, freaking me out a bit because I hate that kind of shit, and I know it's going to drive me completely insane to see this show just go on a pause like that, because I'm mean, just going to end up having to rewatch the entire season again. To get and caught then, up, yeah. yeah so what, gonna, what, what episode are they starting the hiatus, and is there, uh, is there a reason it, why? Oh, uh, well, it's... I think it's just come down to that's what they decided to do with the show. And I think, and I'm thinking part of it is um, production. They're giving themselves more time. So, because if you watch it, you look at it, and it's definitely, the animation is definitely a step above what Seed and Seed Destiny was, especially Destiny. Because when you have a show where they reused, Destiny reused animation on a ridiculous amount, to the point where there's actually a point where if you know Destiny, there was a point where they were reusing animations, and it was the impulse fighting, and if you watch closely, you see the strike from the original seed being reused, its animations being reused where the impulse is supposed to be fighting. So it was a completely different unit in the fight in this one scene. But it, that's what it really seems like they're doing. They're giving the show more time for its production. So it, sounds so it, like it sounds like it's a good thing, because, I mean... Definitely. I mean, I'm not a Gundam fan, but I mean, I guess I'd say in any show I'm watching, if I saw that crap going on, I'd be upset. I'd be like, well, what the hell, you know? What's yeah. your excuse? Did your yeah, hand I mean, fall off during animation and you were forced to go back? Yeah, exactly. And it just seems like everything is a step above what the last show was. It's just like they're working hard on it. And they've got a better team, quite frankly. They've got an amazing director. I can't... I'm not going to be able to state his name right now, but it's the same guy who directed Full Metal Albums working on this. Okay. And, and that's why I'm really curious about Sashi, because if you go back and look at that alone, the way the characters were weaved together in an incredible way. Which means this guy has at least some skill at this stuff. And bringing someone fresh into this was definitely a great step. And the whole show, even at this point, has been... What should I say? Show. It's been doing things that none of the other shows have done. It's been it's looking at things in a different angle. It's like they actually talk about economics of this stuff. How, how much it costs to build these damn things. It's that kind of thing. Okay. And it's really cool to see. Yeah, but yeah, I believe it's at episode 25 it goes on hiatus, and then it comes back in October. You know, I, they haven't said when it's going to be airing in October, but I know it's changing time slots. I imagine it's probably going to end up taking the same time slot that code, that the second Code Geese is going to be airing in. 
because that picks up, that starts airing right after Gundam ends. Gotcha. All right, well, I'm gonna, I'll end up rambling way too long if <laughs> you don't stop me, so I'm going to kick it over to you now so you can talk about your show. Not a problem. Good <laughs> good review. <laughs> Thank you. A little more prepared than last time. That's always good. On. So, yeah, I, I looked at the second season, <laughs> uh, episode three of Gunslinger Girl, and if you remember last week, we learned we met a new character named Pino, aka Pinocchio. He is a child assassin who was an orphan, or so we're led to believe. I'm not, we're not really told point blank. Uh, he was picked up by some guy and turned into this assassin kid. Well, the the uh, social welfare agency has been called in to look for a a dead. Uh, worker uh, from another department and they are told to look out for Pinocchio and find him and capture him. So this episode kind of comes off with a meeting with Hillshire and Hillshire is Trilla's handler. He's in a meeting with another handler and the kind of the head head office guy discussing how they're going to work and they come down to it where it's going to be Hillshire and Trilla going over to where Pinocchio is. Um, I apologize. I don't have the names in front of me of the cities. Um, either way, they get to the city and Triella and Hillshire kind of go in and it seems like Triella has the same kind of crush that Henrietta has for Jose but not so much. He makes a couple of remarks, you know, she was afraid that they were going to stand out in public because they were wearing suits and ties and all that. I mean, what French person does that, I guess? I guess not very much. <laughs> so he said, well, you look really good in your tie, you know, your suit. So she blushed and, you know, it seems like she's kind of... They don't, I don't think he has a crush or anything, but kind of takes what he says and it has yeah it has it exactly I've noticed with this season they've taken him more from being the cybernetic killer cold you know heartless to now they have feelings and care about stuff more so anyway they end up finding Pinocchio and the little friend of Pinocchio's named Aurora happens to walk in when trying to deliver food and gets kidnapped by the other two terrorists and finding out that Pinocchio is indeed a bad guy she picks up an an automatic semi machine gun and you know gets basically gets kidnapped Pinocchio says that he's going to kill her because you know he said for her to stay away from him and not monkey around with his business because she would not end up in a good position well, Trilla ended up slipping a microphone into the basket of food that Aurora was delivering. Hillshire gets uh, very emotional about making sure Aurora is captured safe. So he orders Trilla into the home to take care of the two terrorists and Pinocchio. So she bursts in there and totally gets owned. I love this episode for this reason. 
episode or season one, they were shown as invincible. They could never get caught. They they couldn't do anything. You know, if the bad guy came after them, they would somehow prevail. Oh, not yeah, this time. Like, yeah. yeah, not this time around. Pinocchio kicked her ass up and down. She came in there with a shotgun and it didn't do her any good. He came running around and gave her a nice uh, jumping uppercut and knocked her ass out good. Um, Hillshire came from behind and rescued Aurora from one of the terrorists and made sure she was safe. All three got away. Um, the kind of the turning point in the episode, though, is Trailer wakes up after the fact of everything that Pinocchio and the other two terrorists got away and basically is sobbing because she's supposed to be cybernetic. That stuff isn't supposed to happen. And she really thought that busting in there and doing what she did was completely worthless and Hillshire tried to reassure her saying, look, you know, you saved a little girl's life. That's what's most important. You know, they can always tackle the terrorist group later on. So, she took it as, you know, I failed, don't talk to me, don't touch me, I'm going to go sulk in my own little world. Uh, the episode was good. A little slow in the beginning, but it picked up, and I think the whole turning point with showing that, yes, the girls are made of, you know, cybernetic parts, they're, you know, supposed to be unstoppable, and they actually aren't. I, th- I welcome that change. I mean, I hope it doesn't reoccur too often, but if it does, you know, hopefully it comes out in a good good way, I guess. But, um, I gotta say, I love the, I love the episode. Definitely uh, a step up from, because you didn't seem too thrilled with the last couple. Yeah, the first and second episodes were kind of like, the first episode, they were just trying to reintroduce all the characters, and they went back to what season one had. Um, bad guys are introduced, the good girls are introduced, something bad happens, the girls rush in, and some spectacular action sequence involving shooting and then the bad guys being caught, and the girls being praised, happened. But then on the flip side, episode 2 comes along, and you don't see the girls for the last minute of the show. And... What really surprised me is Triella has been the main focus in terms of all the girls. Henrietta has not been seen since episode one, which I'm very shocked about because, I mean, Henrietta was the main character of uh, season one. Yeah. So, and I guess season or episode four will continue on in this path of trying to catch Pinocchio and what happens so that's just a brief synopsis I mean I'm not going to go through every bit in detail if this sounds interesting to you definitely go check it out if you liked season one of Gunslinger Girl check it out just to you know I think they're trying something new and it could be even more interesting season one kind of left me with a that was a good anime but kind of feeling like what was the point so it seems like this time around there digging deeper. Um, it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Yeah. So I would I would rate this episode really high. I mean, this is a good... They are setting a good story base. 
Uh, I hope they end the main arc right now in one, two more episodes, just because I think you can only do something so long without introducing a radical new twist, which they may do. <laughs> so, that's Gunslinger Girl for you. Uh, so, it's time to move to our new feature of the uh, podcast. Yes, uh, long lost anime. For our first series. For our first. Let's explain this real quick. Okay. We're going to be. Basically, what we're going to be doing is every couple weeks, we're not going to be doing this weekly, but probably bi weekly or on occasion, basically. We're going to be going back and basically each of us, or well, one of us, every once in a while, we'll be talking about an older show dating, you know, a couple, few years back that some people have, some people have forgotten about, essentially. Because you, you talk about the new stuff and you always forget the old stuff. The, it's just the way things happen, and basically what we're trying to do is bring some older stuff back to the front and let people look at it again. So, Definitely. Take it I away, mean, my friend, with DNA squared. There we go. <laughs> so yeah, DNA squared is first off a comedy. A little bit of romance thrown in there. But in the purest form it's a comedy. Starts off with a sixteen year old kid named Juta Miyamori. He is a loser. You know, typical you know. Typical guy. Typical Shannon Romance, Harum loser guy. Exactly. He even has one obscene thought about a girl. He throws up. So the only girl he seems to ever be normal around is his neighbor, Ami. She's like a school friend and a childhood friend. And they've never gotten to the point of boyfriend and girlfriend. And they don't ever really seem to be. Um... So basically, this show is about this other girl named uh, Karen Aoi. Basically, she's a 16-year-old DNA operator from an overcrowded future sent back in time in order to prevent the advent of the Mega Playboy using a DCM. Basically, it's a bullet that she's supposed to shoot within Junta. Junta supposedly is going to become this awesome Playboy who has sex with every girl he seems to meet, and they all produce kids. Apparently he's incredibly fertile. Exactly. You know, with today's child support laws, that must suck. Like, four billion kids? Yeah, you all you all owe uh, child support for three million three hundred twenty-seven kids. Pay up. So, she's supposed to go back in time and prevent this from happening. And her goal in life is she just wants a nice husband, a cute pet, and a sweet home. And by shooting this bullet into Junta, she will have all that. But unexpectedly, she shoots him with the wrong bullet. So she runs back to the future all happy and finds out that she screwed up. Now it's her job to go back and re and redo what she was supposed to do. On the flip side of this, Juta is madly in love with her and falls head over heels in love with her. And it just gets wacky from here on out. There's a lot, there's like a love triangle going on between Karen and Ami and 
Tomoko. And Tomoko is this popular, beautiful girl at Junta School who plays hard to get and kind of is a bitch. She uses her sex and her good look to get what she wants in life. Well, when Junta starts becoming the mega playboy... Um, that's what she oh, wants, right? That's what she wants. She falls in love with him. And the funny thing... Uh, one thing I forgot to mention was the bullet that... Um, the bullet that... Karen shot in Junta makes a mega playboy tendencies come out quicker. And Junta is a smooth-talking, can't say anything to get in a girl's pants. And it's just so funny to watch because these girls are head over heels. Oh, I love you. Oh, you're just so great. Oh, I want you to take me to bed. And he's just like, oh, yeah, baby. I'll take you to bed any day of the week. So... That's basically the show in a nutshell. Other characters come and go. There's a lot of... There's a lot of... Turmoil. There's a lot of comedy. And hell, there's even an evil villain guy who gets powers and they fight. And... (laughs) (laughs) They just run a gamut of genres. Wow. And... Um... Right now, you're listening to the intro theme, uh, and I haven't. Unfortunately, oh, I have not. Eyes. Is that blurry yes, eyes? Correct. Correct. Oh wow! Unfortunately, uh, I currently no longer have this anime. I was going to make a special feature where, if you have an iPod video, you could watch clips of the show while I'm talking about it. But you know, this will be later. Something uh, you know, later on we'll look into. Anyway, anyway, yeah, indeed. If you're just a fan of any kind of comedy and you're open-minded, because this show is just so goofy, I mean, it's followable, and there's always something new and interesting that happens to keep you interested from episode to episode. Uh, I would say check it out. And I will tell uh, you. Um just to mention this, it is. It does seem that the there is a box set available that is still in print from, um, sorry, Central Park Media. It seems that they still have a box set in print out there. Oh wow! About forty, forty-five bucks. Yeah, and the show is from nineteen ninety-four, and the animation really does show its age, but it's not terrible. I'm personally and, a fan. I, I kind of like anime that <laughs> stuff from the nineties and stuff. The, that kind of um, almost vintage kind of look to it, but not quite there. It's kind of weird to describe. Uh, everything from the 90s has this bit of a look to it then. Yes. It's kind of And the, the, dub, the dub work was really good. Um, the animation is good for its time. I mean, I wouldn't uh, call it Clanad or any of these computer generated uh, you know, wonders, but. I would definitely say watch it. Uh, you know, weird comedy, interesting premise. I mean, hell, who does not want to be a mega ultra playboy? You know, if you could say, I want to get any girl's pants easy on the street, you could do it. I would just say minus the child support. So, yeah, I Central Park Media. Down myself. Central Park Media, 40 bucks. I mean, it's a complete series. It's about... Ah, uh, shoot. It is... 12 episodes, and then there is three or four OVAs that happen 
after, oh, excuse me, three OVAs that happened after the original run, which kind of puts everything, it wraps everything up. Because I'll say that the show kind of ends quickly, yeah, but I mean, they don't leave a lot of things unpackaged or, you know, unwrapped. So they kind of threw, I think they threw these OVAs in just to, you know, add the masking tape, tie the bow on top, and say, okay, everything's done. So, that is DNA in a nutshell. Awesome. That's really great to hear about. I mean, and it's certainly something that I'd like to check out at some point myself. I sadly have not watched it. Uh, You know, and I I just download, you know, this is just one of those shows you I saw for download on a news group, and I said, hey, I've never heard of this. Hey, the complete series is sitting here. I downloaded it and started watching. I was like, this is a really good show. And, you know, just one of those things that, you know, earlier we are talking about advocating, you know, piracy and all that for anime works, but this is one of those shows that if I would have saw in the, would have saw in the, in the store, I probably would have said, you know, this looks kind of dumb. But I got a chance to watch it, not pay anything, and go, wow, this is a really good show. And, uh... Yeah, you know. So yeah, I, I know I know the feeling you're talking about. I definitely agree with it. Yeah, I gotta say yeah, the same. I gotta say the same thing about Run My One Half. I mean, <laughs> one of those shows. I saw the packaging and yeah, it was a box set. And I said, sure. Turns out I really like the show. So yeah, yeah. Oh, um, great show. Oh, too def- long, but good show. Yeah, I'm I'm just not even done. I'm not even done with the second box set yet. No. So. uh... My my rating out of five would probably be a three. Uh, really good dub work, interesting story. Um, the the characters are really well developed. Uh, I would just say maybe a little bit of abrupt ending, but the OVA does help kind of pick up the loose ends. So three out of five for me. Uh, I would say definitely give it a, give it a once over. Uh, you know. So, huzzah, huzzah exactly. How did I get this? <laughs> so, um, I think this will wrap it up for this week's show. Mm-hmm. A little to, um, close out now. Yeah, to let everybody know, we have been Doug. So, I am waiting on Dig to actually allow this show to be seen by the public. I'm assuming they're waiting for one or two more episodes to show up right now. At currently speaking, we have one episode in the box. So,. You know, uh, we'll see and how it gets dug. Yeah, and we do have um, our RSS up now for people to subscribe. And uh, we're currently submitted for iTunes. We have not been, we're not up quite yet, but I imagine it'll happen any time now. So you should be able to see us there soon. You should, and we'll have our RSS posted on the site. Definitely. And if anyone listening, you know, has a pen and piece of paper, it is www dot boring dot me dot uk front slash podcast front slash rss dot xml and that will be updated on a weekly basis along with our show so if you can't find us through dig or itunes we are trying to expand our footprint in terms of how you can find us you know we'd be more than happy to have anyone, you know, put us on your blog, put us on your webpage, your MySpace, anything to help spread the word of the Anime Bonsai Podcast. Of course. 
And again, I want to remind you all, please send in any suggestions to us at abonsaipodcast at gmail.com. And also, something else we've been thinking about doing is some kind of mailbag feature. If anyone has any kind of questions, anything you'd like to see us comment on, also email us, anime or abonsaipodcast at gmail.com, just with the subject line mailbag, and we'd love to hear from you. You know, if we, can, get, again, if we can get, uh, if we can get, you know, if we can get, if you can send us questions, we'll try to get our best to get you answers. You know, we're not, uh, Anything you want to hear us comment on, because I know you just love to hear us talk. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, of course, don't forget to visit our site th- with our great friend Uga at, And um, many, and many other, many, we've, we've, we've acquired many other writers as well. Yes. At, um, let me get this right again. A bonsai.animeblogger.net. There you go. And just a special note, I will be in Las Vegas next week, so I will be doing a podcast live from Vegas. I don't know what that really means in terms of uh, anime-related stuff, but I will try to keep my eyes peeled. You know, that's an interesting note, but uh, maybe I'll be down on the show on a show floor, or I'll be in a casino or something. But uh, either way, I'll be live from Vegas, baby, and. Uh, until Put next time. On that up on the blog at some point. Of Definitely. Course. Uh, yes. So until next course, time. This is yeah, Rob. And this is Pats. Keep watching anime. Keep supporting the industry. Yeah, and I'll, keep listening to us. He's not the only one. I don't really like to say that. <laughs> <laughs>